Hello everyone, it's Jessica Grabbit, and today is our bizarre sex episode. Let's get it in. This story is brought to us from the Times of India. How often do you have sex? If it's not as frequent as you wish it to, your timing could be blamed and you may need to take a fresh look at your sex schedule. Incidentally, the time which is most apt for sex is also the time when most of you get really busy with your day. According to a study conducted in Frontiers in Psychology, the time when men and women have raging libidos differs drastically. Women have a higher sex drive during the evening, while men feel more sexually activated in the morning. The data clearly showed that more women are getting their way with desire because most couples have sex between 9 p.m. closer to bedtime. However, experts are of the opinion that sex before sleep is not ideal. It may seem convenient to indulge in a romp while you are ready to call it a day, but Dr. Michael Brewis who is called the sleep doctor, feels otherwise. He says that most couples may not have the best sex at nighttime because their body is tired and beginning to shut down. Sex therapists disagree, though. They feel that sex before bedtime is actually a great sleep inducer and may help many couples to de-stress. Dr. Brewis recommends having morning sex because after a good sleep, both the partners wake up with a revived energy and their hormones are also at the peak which will lead to much better sex. He feels morning sex is more rejuvenating and pumps up the person to face the day ahead. However, morning sex may not work out for everyone, especially if both the couples have an erratic work schedule. But that doesn't mean you can't create magic between the sheets with schedules that don't match. How about getting a quickie mid-afternoon? Just make sure that the passion doesn't die out. Well, what do you think? Is your partner a daytime or a nighttime lover? Some people say when they have sex at night, they're more tired when they wake up. Maybe it's time to switch up your routine. Our second story is by metro.com.uk. The guy who likes cheese a little too much is what the name of the story is and it's pretty bizarre he is called the alleged swiss cheese pervert there is a picture of him on facebook it's pretty crazy so this guy likes to drive around in his neighborhood and offer women money to put cheese on his genitals and i'm gonna put allegedly in parentheses right behind that because we all know there's always that guy in the neighborhood who's a weirdo the flasher i guess now it's the cheese the swiss cheese pervert the man's name i will not disclose but he is dubbed the swiss cheese pervert in his hometown and he was arrested after the police released a photo of a trouserless man dangling a slice of smelly cheese in the air. Bizarre news indeed.
Our third story took place on a Tuesday, February 12th of this year at 8.55 p.m. Where a prude suburban neighborhood is clearly uncomfortable with the discovery that one of their neighbors has a sex oasis. The kinky Philadelphia, Pennsylvania home was recently put on the market and features three fireplaces, hardwood floors, and a fully stocked sex dungeon. Until photos of the home were posted on a realtor page, neighbors were not even aware of the current homeowner's erotic proclivities. But now that they do know, many are demanding that these photos of this basement, it has to be removed from the listing. But you can see this post on Instagram. <laughs> Under hashtag 50 Shades of Maple Glen. M-A-P-L-E-G-L-E-N. Hashtag sexy house. Hashtag sexy. Hashtag real estate. Hashtag BDSM community. This post was shared by a Melissa Leonard. On February 9th. And it said, I think they are really angry. And this is the local realtor. She's the one that's selling the home. And she has dubbed this home the Fifty Shades of Maple Glen. And she says, like, they're whipping people sexually around in there. And I'm like, listen, it's a lifestyle. Leonardo Leonard has told Slate. A drunk driver tries to dance his way out of an arrest. Leonard said the asking price is $750,000, but the current owner has been renting the home out on Airbnb for $750 a night, which has made him $5,000 in the first month of him doing it. When Slade conducted a phone interview with Leonard, she kept getting interrupted by irate neighbors and the conversation, which has been documented, and it went something like this. Are you the real estate agent? This was an unidentified male neighbor. The house, which is not pictured here, is tucked behind the home on the street. And you hear him say, yeah, I'm Melissa. And then, well, we're really upset about this whole thing. We don't want something like this in our neighborhood. And uh, take that off the internet. It's disgusting. We don't want it. And the neighbors also heard saying, sir, if the owner wants those photos on the listing, that is their choice. And then um, Leonard responds, "Um, you've got to take them down. We live next door and we don't want this. And the neighbor protests. You know, you're angry at me, but you're really angry at the owner. I'm just trying to sell this house as fast as possible, um, she says. And then people are all over the neighborhood, and they're all saying they're here to see the sex house. The neighbor says, um, who, again, we don't know. It's unidentified. Um, But you can see this post on Instagram. It's so crazy. But the post shared by Leonard um, said that featuring photos of the home's basement has helped her reach people more quickly. The home's listing on real estate website, Redfin, has viewed more has been viewed more than 500,000 times in the first 24 hours. The first time it was online. So that's awesome. 
and it has since been viewed over 2 million more times. Although neighbors are not happy now, Leonard said she believes they will ultimately be happy that the home got so much exposure. I think that people are going to really like that it went viral and it's going to bring more people to the house and it's going to be a fast seller. Now that is bizarre news indeed. Our fourth story is strange but fascinating sides of sexual practices. So we're going to start with virginity. So some of us, I'm sure, are glad that we are no longer virgins. And some of us, if we are virgins, you're glad that you are. But let's get into it. Virginity was revered by ancient and not so ancient cultures and each developed its own method of what they call Virginia virgin authenticity, which is just another way of saying, are you really a virgin? So the Incas in South America believed the breath of a virgin could ignite a smoldering fire. An evil non-virgin was brought in to put the fire out, which sounds nuts. In the Jewish Talmud, You'd straddle an open wine cask while a rabbi smelt your breath. If you'd done the deed, the wine fumes would have a clear path upward. I don't even know what that means. Meanwhile, in ancient China, there was a pigeon egg test. The small delicate egg would be pressed against you. And if it could be pushed inside, you failed the test dismally. In medieval Europe, virgins were thought to be blessed with magical powers, able to pass through fires without burning, hold poisonous snakes without being bitten, and catch salmon in their bare hands. If you couldn't do those things, you were not a virgin. So, I know a lot of you are going, yikes, that was horrible for the women. Well, if you think the women had it bad, Those were some of the men. Castration was a humongous thing in those times. So castration is the removal of the male genitals as well as the testicle and or penis. And it might be illegal today, but back then it was very common as a Roman orgy. That's how common it was and that's crazy because Romans really got down. So the testicles were removed by either crushing, twisting, or tying a tight string around the scrotum, cutting off the blood supply, and waiting until the whole thing dropped off. Or, if you were lucky, they simply used a knife. Why do it? Castrated men, known as eunuchs, were hotly pursued by royalty because they were considered great employees. They were unlikely to sleep with your wife, run off with your daughter, etc., etc., etc. So in Greece, eunuchs were employed to guard the king's harem and the Persian emperor Darius, which is around, you know, like 500, 400 BC. They insisted on being supplied with 500 castrated boys every year for employment within his palace. 
He liked eunuchs because he said that they were docile. But this was the catch. Most weren't just docile. Around 90% of castrated men would die early. And if both the penis and the testicles were removed, they died faster. So if they weren't lopping off men's private parts to create obedient, subservient men slash warriors, they were cutting them off as battle trophies. So the Hebrews like snipping off their enemies' foreskin as war mementos. That's crazy. And the ancient Egyptians and Ethiopians went the whole hog and they would take your entire privates in the battle of the war once they won. So the Egyptian pharaoh Menetfeta collected 13,240 private parts from dead Libyan soldiers in 13,000 BC to celebrate his victory. Well, that's all the time I have. Thanks for joining me. See you next time. And remember, be good or be good at it. Bye.